Hey there, listeners. My name is Dave Smith, and you are listening to the Art of Sales podcast. We've got some great guests lined up, ready to share sales insights on what your customer is really thinking, how to engage prospects the right way, what to do to inspire salespeople, and thoughts and tips on assembling a kick-ass sales team. With me today is Femke Oosterlink. Femke is a partner manager at Vanad Aloha and always on the lookout for innovative solutions offering added value in the technology ecosystem. She develops highly productive partner relationships so that partners become successful and self-sufficient in driving market initiatives, go-to-market programs, and demand generation activities that will result in new sales opportunities. In line with the human engagement philosophy at Vinod, she believes technology should support and facilitate customer interaction. She is a graduate of the University of Brussels and holds a master's degree in economics. Femke, thanks for joining me. Thank you, David, and thank you for that great introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so give me a quick pitch real quick. What is Vinod Aloha and what do you do there? Yeah, so Vanad Aloha is a, is a customer service um, platform that was uh, essentially based in the, uh, born in the cloud, as we say. So um, we are a, uh, a Dutch-based um, uh, or a Netherlands-based company with about 1,500 uh, employees. And we are uh, specialized in everything concerning customer experience. So... Um, most important thing is uh, the fact that we um, we service our own uh, contact center uh, outsourcing community or, or people with our own contact center um, platform. So it was born as a, a platform for our own uh, services that we provided, and it was deemed very good by our uh, by our customers that they wanted to buy it themselves, and that's when we commercialized it. Oh, well, that's a very interesting story. Excellent. Excellent. So I visited your website and I saw a lot of the things that you have there really resonated with me. And one of them was the emphasis that you place on trust. So what role does trust play in overall company culture? Well, to us, it's it's really a very important um, important word in the sense that trust is is present at all levels within our uh, organization. So we are very open and we communicate very openly about our KPIs, about our results to everyone. So that's to to every employee at our company as well as to to customers. Um, And that offers them the possibility to see how they contribute themselves to uh, the result. So one of the key things we always point out at our sales meetings, for example, is that there is nothing as important as making sure your current customer base is extremely happy because that offers tremendous help or that offers tremendous trust with our uh, prospects. But it's also the company culture that is intertwined within our organization. And it's always uh, seen as very important by our prospects. Excellent. That makes a lot of sense. So why is trust itself so important in customer relationships and how can organizations be better at earning customer trust? 
Yeah, there are different reasons why, why trust is extremely important in every phase of a customer relationship um, and every time you interact with your customers. Um, in order to close a deal, for example, the prospect needs to, needs to trust you. He needs to know that you are an advisor on a subject matter and he needs to know that with you, his business will be in good hands. The way you interact before closing the sale also indicates to prospect what the relation will be like after the sale. And then engaging on a regular basis with customers to see what they really need is very important too. And this is done on a regular basis, for example, by our uh, customer success team. So they really, their, their purpose is really to get a feel of what is important for the client and how we can help them uh, achieve this. And when a customer trusts you, they, they share. So they share their, their KPIs, they share their doubts, they, they share their plans for the future, and that enables you to support them in achieving whatever it is they would like, they would like to achieve. So it makes them see you as part of the solution to their problems, and it eventually makes them see you as part of the plan to achieve their dream. That's excellent. No, I completely agree with that. So... I mean, the goal of any good company should be to be a trusted advisor to their, uh, to their customers and to be able to share information and prove that you can provide solutions to the key problems that they're facing. Um, what is it that you believe is the long-term difference between companies who turn clients into loyal ambassadors as opposed to those who just stop when they close the deal? Yeah, that's, that's really very obvious uh, for me. So the first long-term difference is, is growth. And that's growth based on solid customer feedback. That's the best growth you can have because due to word of mouth from your existing customers, you can achieve tremendous growth. At Vanataloa, for example, we often get referred by previous users of our platform at their current place of work. So as I said, we, we have our own contact center outsourcing and managed insourcing uh, services as well. And they, of course, use our own uh, platform, so Vanat Aloha. And they, um, they used it, uh, for example, at Vanat. And then they go work for another company. And then there they, they, they serve really as an ambassador to uh, our platform. So that happens a lot and they recommend us to, to their employer. And that clearly shows that trust for an organization or a, a, a company uh, or, a, or a solution comes from within and is always radiated by employees and team members. Um, another long-term difference is that companies that turn clients into loyal ambassadors are mostly not rejected after the first mistake. So it's very easy for a business to switch suppliers nowadays, especially when you work in a cloud solution industry. Uh, and when your client is an ambassador, this will not happen since it will also reflect badly onto him as well. Yeah. And I very much like what you said about, you know, promoters. You want people when they leave, if they do go to another company, when they show up at their new job to say, hey, the last place I was at, we had this solution, the product was incredible, the user interface was easy, uh, it was a great solution to the problems, and I think that it could be a fit here. I mean, I think that's what any, especially SaaS cloud-based organizations hope to achieve is, hey, take us, take us with you because, you know, we can solve problems, right? That's Yeah, definitely.
That's very cool. So on top of that, it's been said that successful companies treat their employees like they treat their customers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Just, just actually, just as you want your customers to be happy, you also want your, um, your employees to be happy. It's really, really simple. It's, I, I think it's, it boils down to two things. You need to engage with your employees, just as you do with your customers. You need to interact on a human level with employees to get to know them and see what drives them and then use that specific drive within your organization. And the second is uh, you need to offer them value and growth or the possibility to grow. A clear ROI for your employee is just as a clear ROI for your, for your uh, customer. So when they come and work for you, just as when you do when you're offering your services to, uh, or, or products to a customer, you need to have a clear growth path and offer value to your employees in order for them to grow together with you. Uh, as an organization. That is well put, especially with the uh, turnover rates being what they are with the millennial and the younger generations, you know, people are at a job two or three years and then they're like, okay, you know, time to jump to the next thing. Uh, Nearly every study, PwC, Harvard Business Review, all of the others have shown that the companies who invest in proper leadership and professional development for their employees tend to have employees who stick around two or three times uh, the average, right? Because they feel that they have room to grow. They feel that they're learning something. They are constantly picking up new skills, which are making them better at their job and more effective and, and so on. Um, so that is excellent. Now, my next question would be, what does it take to establish credibility during initial interactions with customers? Because it's not always easy. No, that's true. Um, I have I have some basic rules, and it sounds very basic. The first one really is very basic, but um, it's be on time. And I know that's that's everyone's gonna yeah, that's obvious. But whether it's in a call or in a meeting, you have to be on time because unless you have a really good excuse, being late is really never a good impression. Uh, the founder of our company, for example, once told me that um, when he performed sales, so he also started out as a salesperson. And uh, of course, this was in a time when we did not have GPS in our car. So it's a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. He drove to each of his meetings the evening prior to the meeting to make sure he knew the way and he could not be late. So that's a, a basic rule that's, I think that's very important. Uh, the second one is, is for me is focus. So you have to be focused on the customer. Do not let yourself be uh, distracted because you only have one chance to make a first impression and you do not want to come off as distracted. Um, A third one, and that's also something I've learned from my own uh, experience, is to be prepared. So as a sales, you are always told that you need to ask questions. And that's, of course, true. You need to ask questions, be interested, be engaged. But I believe you cannot ask things that are clearly stated on, for example, a website. Because that actually shows that you did not prepare for the meeting prior to, uh, to, to the meeting. And it also shows indifference, I think. And, of course, uh, last, and that's, that's something I, I, I often miss during, uh, during meetings. And I think it's weird that people miss that. But you have to end with clear follow-up actions. 
um, the way in which prospects, for example, react to following up to follow up actions, and if they if they are interested, and yes, we can do that and that, um, already clearly in, indicates also their interest. And for the salesperson in itself, it shows that you have a process and that your company is structured. That is an excellent list. So I want to see if I can recap it. I wrote it down here on the side. So one, be on time. Two, focus on the customer. Three, be prepared. And four, always have clear follow-up actions. That's correct, yeah. That is Can't go wrong with that. Now, now, I've heard a lot of stories of the ways that people prepare for meetings, especially with field sales where you're driving to meet customers or whatever. I have never heard of someone who was actually driving to every single location the night prior. I mean, sure, some, meet, some people may work their way past it by chance and say, oh, cool, there's the building that I'm going to be at tomorrow. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone who visited every spot the night prior. And that says a lot about your CEO. You know, that's commitment, that's yeah. Yeah, that's actually not our CEO. That's the founder of our company. Founder. And his son is now the CEO. Yeah, excellent, excellent. That is very cool. So in addition to that, what specific advice would you have for ensuring strong client advocacy practices? Yeah, the first advice I would have is um, to show some empathy for the customer. So put yourself in his or her position before acting or reacting on things, on, on, on mails or on requests, or always show empathy for the customer, also within, with your answer, show empathy for the customer, but also put yourself into his or her place. If I was a customer, what would I like to see in, a, in an offer? What would I, if I have a problem, how would I like to, to how, what, would, what would I like the, customer, the organization to say to me? So show, show uh, empathy for the customer. How would I like to be treated and treat your customers the exact same way? Um, and the second is, and that's really sounds again, very basic, but, but it's really important. It's offering a solid product or service with a consistent, and that's the really the most important word here, consistent high level of service. So um, that's important, a consistent level, because you have to treat your customers in the same way, always. It cannot be that when they are talking to person A, they have a different kind of um, experience as when they are talking to person B. It needs to be the same consistent high level of service. And that's uh, why being a service-minded company is a concept that really needs to be carried out by everyone in the organization. And, and that's something, the, the third thing is something we, we often do at, uh, at Vanath, and that is uh, offering a personal touch. So our salespeople, for example, in their first contact, they always tell something personal about themselves. So they do not say, uh, uh, for example, I work as an account manager, and my name is Femke, and my responsibilities are this and this. They don't say that. They say, I am Femke. I'm 33 years old. I grew up in the beautiful city of Brussels, for example. I have a, I live there. I studied there. I live there with my boyfriend and I have a, a passion for Southern Europe or, or for the opera and so on and so on. So that's what they do. And that continues, of course, through the introduction round because everyone at the table will tell something personal about themselves. Otherwise, you come off as somebody really 
really dry and, and <laughs> not, not, uh, not a, a, a nice person. So you have to tell something personal about yourself. And uh, talking about personal stuff creates a relationship and often always identifies a common interest. And more often than not, we get the feedback that people at the table learned something new about their colleagues with whom they were working for maybe 10 years. So that's, you see, that's how we, how we engage with our customers and, and they always have a good feeling about that afterwards. That is great. So that will definitely help you establish credibility. It's interesting, the first one that you mentioned, empathy, uh, I was reading a study on management I did a presentation recently for a large real estate broker and we were discussing what it takes or what people are looking for in managers and in leadership. What is the most important trait? Recent studies have shown that empathy is actually the most important trait in management. So if someone has sick kids or if they don't return something on time or if they whatever, that it's not necessary that you have to get upset at them. You know, you have to understand everyone's life situations and just the simple act of showing empathy shows that you care about your employees. And when people feel that they're cared about, then of course they go the extra mile for you. And yeah. I mean, no surprise that it would work for this, this exact same for customers as well. Yeah. And what you mentioned about focusing on the variety of basically treating every client the same is great as well. You know, there are some people who, put all of the focus on their A-level or gold level or whatever you call them, customers, and they forget about the Bs and Cs or the silver and bronze or whatever you name these, these customer levels. The problem with, with that is that over time, people realize when they've been forgotten, you know? Yeah. It do. doesn't feel good to know that a company who you're paying for a service or a product has pushed you to the side or forgotten about you. Yeah. And so I completely, completely agree with that. Yes, the A-level accounts are very important, but you have to treat everyone the same. You have to be able to provide a high level of detailed care to everyone. And then lastly, as you mentioned, build those relationships. It's very interesting. I can completely understand how people who have worked together for a decade would sit at a table and learn things that they didn't know about their colleagues because the number of organizations who really get deep into conversation with one another it's not, it's not what it should be, you know, and, yeah. and conversations build trust, they build relationships. And at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants out of partners, out of uh, colleagues, out of whatever. They want people that they, they know that they get along with, that they feel yeah. some kind of common connection to. So that was a, a great set of tips. And I really, really appreciate that. So what would you say are some of the long-term benefits of having happy clients? Yeah, if, if real long-term benefits, of course, there are several, but um, maybe uh, I would say a loyal customer base. So uh, loyal customers are uh, very valuable as a guarantee, of course, to provide organizations with recurring revenue or repeat business over a long period of time. So it's important that we spend a lot of time ensuring that these customers are, are satisfied with our products and with our service because they are uh, returning and they are recurring. So that's important for us. In a SaaS business, especially, as I told you, uh, without long-term contracts, this is extremely important. 
because we as well need to make our forecasts. And if we, if we don't know how long a customer will be a customer, we need to ensure that a customer remains a customer. So that's important. Um, the second uh, thing is that it also creates, uh, I think, brand advocates, as I said. Um, so when a customer is really happy with an organization and the service and the product they offer, they're always more than willing to promote the brand and refer the organization to others. So that increases uh, our customer base, our acquisition rates as well, and it will build a stronger relationship with, uh, with the original loyal customer, of course everyone loves to help someone else and if they can help with with uh, with a with a uh, service from an organization that they feel was very valuable to them it makes them feel good that they that they could offer that service to someone else so uh, that's brand advocates um, I also uh, and that's really important I think it also offers a feedback opportunity and happy customers are often willing to provide your company with, with truthful feedback. And that's absolutely priceless because truthful feedback uh, can also be turned, if it's, if it's good feedback, of course, can be turned into a testimonial uh, or in a case study for the organization. It strengthens the organization, organization's position and it will also create a, brand, a positive brand reputation. Of course, if the feedback is truthful and it is not good feed or uh, the feed, then you can learn something from it. So it's always good to receive feedback and a feedback opportunity. And I think you also have a competitive edge. Uh, so your, if your customer base is happy, your positive reputation will stand out from the crowd. And again, it will encourage uh, customer acquisition and, and also loyalty. Yeah. So with feedback, I would say that perhaps the most important feedback that any organization can get, especially technology businesses, is negative or constructive feedback, honest constructive feedback. Hey, you know, we like this about your product. That's great. You can use it in a testimonial. However, here's the things we don't like. Because as you said, you really do need honest customers who care about you enough yeah. to provide that feedback to you. Someone who cares enough about your product that they want to stick with it, but they want to see it fixed as opposed to someone who is like, okay, well, there's 20 other solutions on the marketplace. I'm not happy. I'm going elsewhere. Yeah. Because right? at the end yeah. of the day, that, that hurts in multiple ways. One, you're not getting the feedback that you need. And two, your customers are leaving you. Yeah. Um, so. And, uh, and besides feedback, of course, that you receive, you also have to act on that feedback. But that's really important as well. So you can receive feedback and not do anything with it, or you can receive feedback and do as we do. Uh, our customer success team goes to the client, asks them what they feel about it, and then they, they, they make sure it's, it's uh, covered in our roadmap, for example. So yeah. you have to do something with that feedback as well. Yeah, I was gonna say that as well. That is probably the mark between good and great organizations. Sure, any organization can take feedback and hear it or listen to it or whatever, but if you take it and you really make changes to fix what people wanna see fixed, then regardless of size, you're going to grow into a thriving organization. Something that's interesting for me is that I find that a lot of the really big organizations, they get too big to pay attention sometimes to what you have to say. Oh, hey, I can't figure out how to do this with your marketing automation software or whatever. 
And then you just get sent down the rabbit hole of one person after another after who just, you know, is just staring at the clock looking to run out the door. Yeah. As opposed to if you go to oftentimes the smaller companies or the companies, like, as you said, that have been passed on through the family or something like that, who are people who care. Okay. Yes. I need your business. I care about your business. And yeah. I want to help you fix your problems. Cause going back to the first thing that you said, any organization's goal should be to become a trusted advisor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And one of the ways in which you can achieve that is in fact doing something with feedback. Absolutely it is. So in that line then, what specific advice do you have for ensuring strong client advocacy practices? There's actually there's just one advice I can I can give and that's always put the customer first. So you you have to give before you can get. And that's in, that's true in any relation or in any relationship you have in whether it's in your personal life in in you always have to give before you can get. That's even true in, when you're practicing sports, for example. You want to have a great body, you have to give first. You have to give your effort, and then you can get your body. That's the same thing in a customer-supplier relationship. With that difference, that in a customer-supplier relationship, you have to give tremendously before you can get trust and ultimately their business. That's true, as opposed to a romantic relationship where it's kind of, you know, everything should be a 50-50. Here, you are the supplier. Yeah. And a, yeah. Lot, a lot of the weight falls on you to just yeah. give. You know, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so are happy employees more likely to create happy customers? And if so, why? Yes, they are. Of course they are. Because happiness is infectious. Mm. So at that, we, we do not consider working as working. Uh, we consider working as kind of a life experience. So everyone gets the chance to grow and everyone gets the chance to live out their passion. I can give you some examples of that that, that clearly state what, what I mean. Yes, um, we have uh, a colleague that is very passionate about yoga. Um, she told this to, to, our, uh, to our board or, or even just in the company, to our organization. And she now offers yoga classes at our facilities, at our academy, as we call it. And she offers yoga classes for uh, two other colleagues after hours. Um, I have another colleague that is crazy about uh, photography, really gifted uh, in photography. And her photographs about the city where our hot headquarters are, which is uh, Rotterdam, um, were uh, collected in a beautiful book and uh, have been offered to our customers as a New Year's present during, uh, during an event of ours. So the fact that you can grow at your work, but also at your passions makes you happy. And that radiates onto our customers as well, I'm sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I love doing this podcast because I hear things that are common sense knowledge, but you don't hear every day. Happiness is infectious. That made me smile. I love that. And, and hearing how companies help employees to live their passion. I think that those are absolutely uh, fantastic. You know, it's more, uh, a job is more than just a paycheck, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's who you work with. It's, it's, is there passion? Is there pride in what you do? Are you connected to the organization, to the values? Are the values themselves 
just words on a wall or are they something that people believe into, buy into, and live by in order to make organizations great? And I think that what you mentioned there are excellent examples of how to do it the right way. Yeah. So my last question then for you would be, what advice do you have for other listeners who are curious about what they can do to build an organization that thrives on trust and client advocacy? Yeah, it's again uh, the same, the same um, answer. So first of all, and as you also summarized, uh, David, it, it's empathy for the customer, putting yourself in his or her position. That's really something that, that, I, that I believe in, truly believe in. Uh, and and I, I'm glad to hear that uh, Harvard studies showed it as well. So that's great. Uh, offering a solid uh, service or product with a, a consistent or continuously high level of, uh, of service, that's very important as well. And of course, the personal touch. And that's, I think the personal touch might be the most important thing because I know it's also common sense. Everyone says it all the time. Um, sales is, is, is a people's business and it is a people's business and it's only a people's business because you offer a personal touch no one does business with you because you're great you have great prices only no they do business with you because they 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 like you they want to offer you something they they want they think you represent a company that has the same values that's why they do business with you and that's the personal touch. That's very interesting. I'm actually reading a book right now by a uh, Stanford uh, professor of psychology. And basically the book is about human creativity and what sets humans apart from all of the other animals in the kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't uh, squirrels make escalators to get to the treetops and gather nuts, for instance. It's kind of a silly book, but he has funny yeah. examples and it goes into this. And basically what he says is that Creativity itself is the essence of what it means to be human and that the great organizations find a way to let people use their personal creativity because when you do that, you're allowing people to build in their own way and you're adding value in a way that's extremely unique. No yeah. two people bring the same things to the table. Everyone has unique gifts or abilities in the way that they interact with customers or conduct sales or conduct customer success. And if instead of having a rigid playbook, you hire people that you trust and believe in, and then you say, make it yours, do something unique, be creative. You'll yeah. pretty much never be disappointed with the results. So I think that's great. Real quick. I want to do a closing round with you. I have four short questions. And the first one is Femke, what motivates you in life? Mm, the, I get the most motivation from success and that sounds really typical salesperson me but the, if you are successful and if you get as you said the freedom to be creative and that success comes then you are reassured that what you are doing is is something good so mm. I get motivation from from success and speaking of success my next question is what do you love about being a customer success advocate um, what I love is that the feedback I get from our customers is always 
positive. So they never uh, see it as they, they always, you always get a, a nod in return. Oh yes, yes, that's true. Oh yeah, that's what I like. So actually everyone knows that this is the way you should go, provide customer success to your customer and, and relieve frustration. But the fact that you, that you tell it to them and then get, get reassurance, that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Hmm. My third question for you then is what do you hope others will take away from this podcast session? Uh, I hope I just gave them some, some clear common sense advices that they probably already knew, but that they locked away maybe in all their uh, other uh, impulses they get during the day. So uh, just some basic uh, top priorities as a, as a salesperson. Yeah, that's, that's what I, and that they, they're just reminded about what they already know, of course, but that they put it into practice. Hearing something that you already know is not necessarily bad. In fact, it probably doesn't happen enough. I think that we could hear a lot more of the things that we already know, but yeah. are great anyways. Like you said, happiness is infectious, for example. Yeah. All right. My last question for you, where can people go to learn more about Vanad and or Vanad Aloha and or yourself? Well, they definitely have to go to uh, com, which is our, of course, our company website. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Vanat Aloha is part of the Vanat group, which they can also find online, of course. We have great uh, social media as well. So we get some, we get a, a great uh, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, so that we all have. And uh, I, I would say, please take a look at it because we get some great tips there, blogs there, uh, especially if you're interested in customer experience, customer service, um, you definitely need to, need to check it out. And if people want to know more about me, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you can always contact me through there. Can you spell your name for us so that people yes. can find you on LinkedIn real quick? It's F-E-M-K-E. And then it's uh, double O-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-C-K. Perfect. Okay, I can't say thanks enough. Your insight was brilliant. It's always great to chat about customer advocacy, customer success, and happiness because that really is the foundation of any good business and your tips were absolutely outstanding. Great, thank you, David. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Art of Sales, brought to you by SalesScreen. Key takeaways can be found in the show notes section. If you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please email me at david at salescreen.com. Or if you're simply interested in finding the best sales motivation tools on the planet, you can visit www.salescreen.com. Remember, never stop it good enough when you can be great. Great.